Yo, what's good? This is Barry Harrison, a.k.a. The Stars Barber. And uh, I just want to come at you today and tell you how schedulicity has changed my life. Like, number one, it's changed my life because it helped me get more organized. I was able to structure my day, structure my week. Um, I know what type of revenue I have coming this day. If I need to run out, run an errand, uh, if I want to take lunch, I'm able to do all these things. And it just helps to structure uh, a barber or stylist or anyone that's in an appointment-driven industry. You're able to maximize your time. And time is something that you can't get back. So I value my time and I love the customer service. And I've been with Schedulicity for over almost 10 years. I've been rocking with them for almost a decade. So happy to be part of the family. Happy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast is brought to you by Schedulicity. Hey, Tony. So um, I'm really excited to talk about Scroll Back Saturday. Yeah, it's something that we've talked about it for a while about revisiting some of our favorite podcasts and guests. Yeah, and um, it's it's just a great opportunity to uh, again to revisit those guests as well as on some of our favorite topics that we've done. Yeah, so a lot of times people just get caught up with the current episodes. This way they get a chance to listen to uh, some of our favorites. <laughs> some, some, some pre-me and you. Right. <laughs> they'll, they'll see how horrible we are and how... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't judge us on Saturdays. How we're not as bad, but still bad. <laughs> so, so silly. All right, man. So, so listen, it's Scroll Back Saturday, and uh, I, we hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm sitting with my best bud, Tone. What's up, Tony? What's going on, brother? Nothing, man. And we're sitting here at the Salon Digital Summit. You know what I mean? We, uh, we caught up with Larissa finally. Larissa Love. Yeah. Uh, you know, also known as Larissa Dow. Yeah. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank <laughs> right. you for having me. Uh, it's such a <laughs> Absolutely, pleasure. Absolutely, yeah. We've been trying to get her on this podcast for 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 a while now. Yeah, exactly. And uh you know, she's just so busy and it's hard to catch up. And we're at the Salon Digital Summit and we saw her walking down, you know, uh, the hallway and we just happened to stop her and uh, we snapped, we kidnapped her a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I picked her up and I ran her back to, to the podcast booth. And I mean, you know. I, I think the whole story started in Orlando, right? So we, uh, I, I contacted Larissa and I had contact, I think at that point I was contacting uh, Joyco to try to get Larissa um, onto the uh, the podcast. It just, I mean, she's just so busy. It was just hard to kind of get the uh, get connected. We're like <laughs> ships passing in the wind, right? So through email, she's like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." But when she saw you running up t- to her, she got scared. <laughs> who <laughs> are, like, who, who is, is this bearded fella? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think we can make it official now. So uh, Miss Larissa Love, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Oh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks, man. I mean, uh, Larissa, you weren't even really scheduled to be here, right? You just kind of showed up. No, I just showed up because, you know, the industry is small somewhat, even though it's very large, and you got to support your people. 
That's right. Amen, man. So before we get into it, where did you grow up? Where are you from? Um, Well, uh, long story short, I mean... Short story long. Oh, wait. No, long story short. Right. <laughs> we, we, got a, we got a while. You can make it long. <laughs> long story Smile. short. Um, I'm originally from Ukraine, and I my parents won the visa lottery. So mm-hmm. when I was six, we moved to the States, and um, I kind of grew up all over SoCal, and then I moved out when I was 17, and I've been living on my own since then, and um, yeah, now I've been in LA for over 10 years. What? Wow. Um, what uh what prompted you to move out at 17? Um my dad is very religious, uh, mm-hmm. very traditional and we just don't have the same views on life and you know just a lot of things. Um and so when I was 17, I knew that I wanted to do hair, pursue that. And um, he didn't want to support me. And so he told me. It's what is it about support? Like support your career, not support, not, not support you, support you. Right? Um, just in general. It's just support me and uh, financially and just, you know, to be there emotionally and right. physically. And so. Um, just cause you had a, because you had a different view. Absolutely. Like we just have very different u- views on uh, what a real career is from him. He thinks that, well, a career is only like a doctor or nurse or that some sort of professionalism, quote unquote, career. Um, and I think that just really stems from them coming from a different country. Um, and so when I was 17, I knew that I wanted to do hair actually well, much longer before that. And, um, he told me either go to college or you move out. And what did I do that same day? I moved out and I've never been back home. And I, it was very, very tough. Um, Mm. and long story short, I lived on top ramen for a few years. I had to, uh, bring my, uh, push myself through school. Um, I was a waitress for three years. <laughs> that. Trying to forget that. That's what so you had to bring it. We brought it back. We brought it back. <laughs> so I was a waitress for three years, and that's what uh, really pushed me through school. And even though I was still not making great money, I knew that there was, uh, you know, a rainbow at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And, and when you said school, like hair school? Hair school, yes. Yeah. And so... Because California has some like, like it's like 2,000 hours or something, right? Uh, 1,800 or, or 1,600 hours. And okay, that's, a, that's a much different than we had to do. What do we have to do? 15, 15 right? 1,500? Uh, yep. yeah, I thought so California had some weird uh, rules about that. No, 1,600 hours. I don't know what it is now. This, right. I mean, I've been a hairdresser for almost 10 years now. Mm-hmm. I graduated 2010 in January. And um, yeah, I went to a beauty school that was not so great. I'm not going to mention the name, um, but they went bankrupt for a reason. And, you know, you don't really learn a lot of things in beauty school. You just kind of learn how to pass day board, in my opinion. And where you really get all your knowledge is in, you know, in behind the chair or a salon Mm -hmm. or finding a great mentor. So from there, um, I worked at a few salons in Beverly Hills, um, in West Hollywood, but it just wasn't clicking for me. So I decided to take like what, a risk. Like, 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 like what, what, what wasn't clicking? Like, was it relationships or was it like how people were running their business? Or you know, I'm a firm believer education? when you work at a salon, you really need to find a mentor. And mm-hmm. if you don't find a mentor, what's the point of being there? Because they don't really see, they don't want the best for you. They want the best for them. And I wasn't finding that passion from them to really educate me and I kind of felt like I was just you know the broom girl and just picking mm-hmm. up hair off the floor and, and, that, and that's you know speaks volume because that's why she's here now right in support of the rest of her crew or all of us right, right. it's you know here it is we're in California and 
Uh, she could have easily stayed home, but, you know, she wasn't a part of the event, but she showed up in support. And that's what, you know, obviously it stemmed as a, in her early career when you were looking for support and, you know what I mean? And you're she just giving back. Yeah. yeah. You always got to give back. And when you give back, you get more. That's mm. true, right? Now you sound like your dad. <laughs> 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 that's funny. Okay. So, um, so you went from back up. So you so, went to opening the salon. So no, back up before that. <laughs> yeah, 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 I want to get the. Yeah, yeah. so uh, last salon I was working at was in Beverly Hills, and I had a pretty good clientele, but not the clientele that I wanted. You know, it was kind of like old highlight. I was doing whole highlights and just great coverage. Like oh, like uh, like just, foil highlights. Like exactly, it's just a, it's and it was an older clientele. And I wanted a younger clientele that I could play with uh, fun colors and really kind mm-hmm. of stem that inspiration and um, creation that I wanted to do, be mm-hmm. more creative with my looks. And so I took a risk because I'm a firm believer with great risk comes great reward. And I took a huge risk and I left that salon. Did you know that at that point or did you uh, or is that something that you've learned since then? Knew, knew what? About just the risk and reward. Um, I've just always taken risks my whole life. I mean, right. even just well, I mean, you left your parents at seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we have one life to live, so why not do it? I'm the right. type of person where I'd rather do it and fail than always wonder what if. Right. You know, people don't realize how fast life passes you by, and I don't want to be one of those people twenty years down the road being in the same salon, miserable, um, mm-hmm. and not doing what I love. I think right. life is way too short for that. So I took a great risk, and I was living um, at a a house not in a really great area at the time, but that's all I could afford. Sure. Um, and it was in LA, but not a great part of LA. <laughs> not going to say where. And, we need um, that address. <laughs> and um, I completely started my clientele all over. Um, and I didn't tell any of my clients that I was leaving because I didn't want any of them to follow me. So I went from making pretty good money mm-hmm. um, to making no money right away. Mm-hmm. And um, that is when Instagram just came out. The great old Instagram. Yeah, right. And I I saw so much potential in it. I saw that it was a visual platform for artists. So I really just took it and ran with it. And I started doing friends hair so I could start posting, you know, free work. Um, We all got to do some type of free work, in my opinion, to really Mm -hmm. kind of have content. And kind of you got to start from the bottom. You know what? I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that gets lost on so many people. Like we even today during the summit, you know, people are like, well, you know, my clients won't do this. My clients won't do that. But but almost everybody that we've talked to that has a really good Instagram presence always talked about um, coming in and doing free hair because you get to do what you want and you get to post what you want. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up just to kind of cement that into... Um, but in, not into only like doing what you want, but also it gives you experience, you know? So right. I don't want to try something new, especially in the beginning of my career, <laughs> on, on right. a client right. and then they're paying me the big bucks and then I'm, you know, I do not some great work and it all fails. So I did a lot of experimenting on my friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> and long story short... I started posting that content on my Instagram and this is when Instagram was not oversaturated with hairdressers. So it was really easy for people to find me um, because I I was probably one of the few, uh, I would say out of hundred people and so now millions of people on Instagram that had a hair page. And I slowly started building a clientele that I wanted, Mm -hmm. which was younger clientele, 
um, which was clients that wanted to play around with color and do like crazy transformations. And Mm -hmm. I was taking them all at my house. I had a little mini salon set up in my house, not a very professional setting, washed them out in my sink. But like, like a regular sink. Yeah. Or not even a basin sink. No, right? yeah. Right, right. But you got to do what you got <laughs> to do. do. You, so you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I did that for eight months and I was booked out maybe three days in advance, you know? Right. And I was like, oh man, okay. <laughs> now it's time to take a leap and take another risk. Right. And that's when I opened up my first private studio, um, which I worked Wait, at. So you went from three, being booked three days to opening a studio? Uh huh. Again, with great risk comes great reward. Now, let me tell you the story because this story is probably one of the most insane stories um, that's happened to me. So because it wasn't a professional setting, I believe that's why my clientele wasn't growing as fast. And also I wasn't able to capture that really great content because I didn't have great background and et cetera. You know, everything that we talked about in the summit today. Mm-hmm. And so when I moved to a private studio, it was a much more professional setting because there was an actual actual sink to wash your hair out, you know, properly. Imagine that. Yeah, there was an actual <laughs> proper chair to sit in, all that. And three months into me working at the salon, I was finally starting to post really great content because it was very cohesive. I was posting every day. Um, it was always against the same background. So people mm-hmm. could see that it was my work right away, not wa- and I didn't have to watermark it. You know, and um, from working there for three months, I was booked out two years in advance. What? What? Yeah. I know it sounds crazy. And I, one thing, do not ever do that. Don't book yourself over two years in advance because your <laughs> life is set for you for two years. You know, okay, but I, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow okay. down. Okay. Let's slow down. <laughs> I told you it's a little crazy story. Oh, my god, That is crazy. So, I mean, how did you... Like, what was the click? Like, what was the click? And not necessarily what did, I guess, what Larissa did, but but what did Larissa do that, that in, literally in an instant, you know, um, made you relevant? Well, I was doing what no one else was doing at the time, you know, mm-hmm. which was really taking Instagram and taking it serious and taking uh, things that I would say that no one else was doing at the time. And I would say guiding was one of the first two mm-hmm. um, where we really utilized Instagram and knew that that was it was going to become a powerful platform and you know everything we talked about the summit which was you know you have to have great lighting great photos uh capture videos before and afters are really great i did all that before the summit 10 years later was even spoken about so that's what i think what really made me stand out from everyone else so i guess it's sort of like you know when, when you're watching tv and a commercial comes on right so uh the, the the Instagram, you know, if nobody else is doing it and you're the only one that was doing it, so you're you become that commercial, you become that that kind of like that famous uh you know what I mean, celebrity uh type stylist because you're the only one there. But I I'm I'm curious as to like, how did you know lighting or how did, is this stuff that you taught yourself or, or yeah, just? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's kind of common sense now, you know, make sure there's a clean background, right. you know, so that you don't take a photo that you worked on for hours and hours making this beautiful transformation and you don't just take this photo against a random backdrop or a random like, you know, where there's people in the background or, mm-hmm. you know, it's messy. It's just, it's common sense where you worked on su- such a beautiful transformation, worked so hard on it. You're going to really try to take a good photo and take a couple photos and make sure it's against a blank background. So that way the hair is the focal point. Because you didn't have all the uh, face tunes type. Uh, no, this was way before point. all editing. Yeah. 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 That's pretty, pretty, that's pretty impressive. That's impressive. You know what I but mean? But I also, going back to you, Tony, I don't think I was the first one. I was just one out of like... 
Right. You know, yeah. Then, a hand. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah know, one out of the probably few, in, right? in your in your vicinity, a couple of people. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you know now Instagram is so oversaturated with so many amazing hairdressers, so it's much more harder to really gain that following and that clientele. And mm-hmm. this is why we have these summits because we really have to understand it completely. Where before we didn't have to have all full knowledge on Instagram, but it came much more easier because it wasn't oversaturated. Right. And then, you know, Makes people sense. at this point, they complain about the algorithm and stuff, too. Right. Like, I think like I guess it was like, I mean, once we started to have a presence on Instagram, you know, the algorithm was already in play. So we don't really know what that like PA is pre out pre algorithm is. Yeah. So, um, I mean, a lot of people complain about it. So I guess it was something cool. Yeah, but I will say the algorithm has affected me and I'm sure many influencers there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Before the algorithm, which happened maybe a year ago now, um, I would gain at least 1,000 to 2,000 followers a day. Now I'm lucky if I gain a, a couple hundred a day. Wow. Yeah, so that is how much it dramatically changed. That's crazy. Don Godfrey talked about that. You know, now people are, because it's, all these hairdressers are on there, but it's more hairdresser to hairdresser. And mm-hmm. people are starting to go back to use it more as a business card, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, to attract more clientele. Right. Um, I, uh, so I, I, just to throw that out there, I mean, um, Larissa was also kind of the first one for me that really, like, um, owned the stories. You know, like like early on or like, you know, when kind of when stories first came out, you know, I, I was following her and you just you just had you kind of own that. And I was like, oh, look, look, this is someone that's doing it differently. And this is someone that's doing it, um, doing it really, really well. Well, the stories are, are kind of like a full on separate platform on social media Agreed. or on Instagram, right. you know, where with stories, you can become a little bit more um, authentic in itself. Not that you're not an authentic on your page. But what are you going to get out of a picture? Right. I mean, exactly. when you're only posting a picture like, oh, yeah, that's that's Larissa's look. Yeah. But who's Larissa? Exactly. Right? And yeah. I think with the stories, you can really kind of show your life behind the chair or your travels or who you really are as a person. And people mm-hmm. can kind of relate to you a little bit more that way. And they get a little bit more affected and have that relationship or feel like they have more of a relationship with you through the stories. Yeah. I, I mean, that was definitely it. And, and, and girl, do you travel? <laughs> oh, I God. travel a lot, but I can't complain. I, I love it. No, no, it's not complaining, but man, do you travel? <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, uh, I just came back from a tour that I did uh, for a couple of weeks. We went to, uh, I am, I uh, was, I went with Joyka and I did a tour in uh, Eidenhoven, Amsterdam, Ireland, um, New York, and then London. So that was a that was a really fun mini tour. Nice, that's pretty yeah. cool, right? Yeah. So two years booked. Are you still in the studio? Um, I, I'm not two years booked out now anymore. And I will say, if you're more than three months booked, raise your prices because you can weave out people that are gonna pay that low price, mm-hmm. and we'll, you can weave out those people that will actually know your worth and will pay the price even if you bring it up. Because if you're over uh, booked more than three months, you're overworking yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't know what can happen in three months. And especially with me, I travel so much. I can't be rescheduling clients all the time and all that. So um, I'm still in the salon. Yes. Uh, I would say my job is now half in the salon, half travels or photo shoots mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, companies and all like that. So, yeah, I definitely don't ever want, not want to be behind the chair because that's my passion and my love. And also, I don't want to lose that, you know, that niche for it. I, we have a, um, uh, there's a tattoo artist that I use and he'll post stuff like, OK, the month of January I'm booking now because he only does three months at a time as well. Um, and he does it because he wants to pick up 
work that he wants to do mm-hmm. you know so he'll, he'll open that up for the work that um that that he wants to do so that's yeah that's cool. really smart yeah so um so let's talk about so you went from the so how long were you in the studio and where are you now so um i was at a few studios so i was in that studio for two years because it was really cheap rent mm-hmm. um but it was really really small and so then I moved up to another studio that was a little bit larger and then eventually moved up to even a larger studio. And then I, I outgrew that larger studio. I would have like five clients in one time and it was a two-seater studio. So eventually wow. I was like, all right, I think it's time for me to open up something a little bit bigger. <laughs> right. And so I've had my salon in January for uh, two years now. And in January coming up, it'll be two years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, officially, I've had it in October, but we had renovations for two oh, months, right. so yeah, you know, you paid rent since October. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I've had it for over two months now, um, and it's been a really great experience, and also not what I expected whatsoever. Um, you know, people think it's so easy owning a business, so fun, but people really do not understand all the logistics and the things that really go behind it. At all. And how much money it costs. Um, yeah, definitely. You I know. had a budget and when people ask me, what's your number one thing that you would say advice, uh, they, what's the number one advice that you would give when you want to open up a salon? I would say always double your budget. Double. Double my we budget, the rule like twenty percent. And no, my budget completely doubled. But wow. also, I'm such a crazy perfectionist. So, um, and I love interior design. So I completely, <laughs> I, I completely demolished my whole salon and started from scratch. I mean, literally from the from the floors to the walls to mm-hmm. everything. So yeah. it's two stories. So I extended the top as well. So I did a every like renovation in every single corner. Like you everything made the top bigger. Made. I made the top Is it like a loft? It's like a loft. It's uh-huh. four-seater upstairs where I work alone with my assistant and then five-seater downstairs with all my artist work. Um, and then, I mean, literally there's so many little details and everything's custom made. I didn't want to have a salon that looked like a IKEA salon in a sense, right. you know? So everything's custom made from the from the waiting area to my stations to my mirrors to every every if you ever come to my salon you'll see every single there's so many details in the salon is that an invite absolutely stop on by (laughs) you know we just gotta hope we're in LA the same time she is (laughs) (laughs) hey we're here to see Larissa oh she's not here (laughs) she's in London first (laughs) in New York she'll be back in three months (laughs) right but I am a firm believer you know when people see the details in your salon or your workspace they can only imagine the details that you're going to do on their hair. So, I mean, that's that's 100 percent true. Right? So well thought out, incredibly yeah, so. Yeah, you know? just detail oriented, and, and especially when you're doing work. You know what I mean? When you have that type of detail, uh, you know, you're you're minded that way. Mm-hmm. Your work is just going to speak for itself. Well, and that's what can stand you out from the rest. Right. You know, because again, we're so oversaturated in so many so with so many great hairdressers. So we mm-hmm. have to do something that's a little bit different than everyone else. So so. Your assistants or your, you know, what are they doing when you're gone? They oh, they travel with me. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, my assistant's very lucky. She's never been out of country. And now she's been in like 10 countries because of me. And she's only been That's working incredible. with me for a year and a half. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she gets That's to travel killer. with me. Um, because when I'm traveling, I'm doing work. So sure. I need her there around me, you know, and help me out. And... Uh, they tried to have other assistants that were already in that country f- working for me, but I don't have time to train an assistant. I'm yeah. there to do my job and to do stage work. I'm not there to train someone else. So yeah. I made it very, very clear that when I travel, they need to bring my assistant along with me. And that was end of story. And she travels everywhere with me. So it's great. 
That's awesome. That is pretty cool. Most people cool. don't have that. No. You know, because they just, they go and they, they deal with what they have. That's pretty cool. Um, so early on, um, when, you know, a couple minutes ago, early on, but you <laughs> right. know, we were talking early, early, early on, <laughs> way back when, um, you know, we were talking about you left salons because um, you're looking for a mentor. So, you know, how are you holding that responsibility to your staff now? I think that's a great question. It's very, very important. You know, um, whenever people come and ask me, you know, what can, what, what, what I'm trying to go out of, be- whenever people come up to me and they ask me, you know, what is one thing, one, one advice that you can give me? I just graduated. What should I do? What's my next step? I always say, go find a mentor. It is okay for you to bounce from salon to salon to salon until you feel comfortable with that person and know that they really care for you and want the best for you and want to train you and kind of have them become your protege. Right. And if you don't feel that, keep bouncing around because otherwise you're just going to be stuck in a salon and sweeping floors like I did for a few months. <laughs> um, and it's really important for me to hold that up because I've experienced it myself. Right. And I didn't really have a, uh, any really mentors, I would say. Um, I just kind of went off on my own and you know right. did my thing. Right. But um, yeah, I think it's important for me to mentor my assistants and even mentor my artists as well because they are an extension of me in the salon. Absolutely. They carry my Especially name. Especially when you're not there. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And my clients actually go to them as well. And the reason why they go to them and feel comfortable is because they know that they're all trained under me, even though they're mm. really great artists on their own. Right. And I have classes in my salon all the time, not for me or that I make money from it, but because I want my artists to be more educated and also so I can be more educated because we can always. Oh, so you're saying you bring outside artists into, into the salon. salon. Yeah. That's so awesome. anyways, in a couple of weeks, I'm having a, a, an amazing, oh, platinum card perfectionist or platinum perfectionist mm-hmm. come out and He's an amazing blonding specialist. And um, I asked my team, you know, what is the next artist you want me to bring out? And that he was one of the people. And so we talked and figured it out. And now he's coming out. And I try and do a class every few months. So that way we can have that ongoing education because education is key to really staying relevant and on point with your work. Um, And then as far as my assistant, I make sure that she brings in models once a month at least. Mm -hmm. And she'll do one of my really smallest, easiest techniques and once she uh, uh, graduates from that technique and I prove that it's perfect, she'll go on to a harder technique and a harder technique. And by the end of two years, once she's fully done with me, I want her to have the same exact techniques and develop the same exact work ethic and just um, experience as me. Mm-hmm. And that way, when she goes on the floor, she feels perfectly comfortable right. um, on the floor. And also that way, the clients feel comfortable. And that way, she can do great work and build a clientele, which she's already doing because she works on Saturdays because I don't work on Saturdays. So she bring in clients now on Saturdays and she's slowly building a clientele. So that way, when she's done on the fl- and she's on the floor, she can have somewhat of a good clientele and be really knowledgeable in her techniques and feel really comfortable on the floor. That's pretty cool. So so you cut hair as well then? I do. I do cut hair. I do it all. Um, but I'm known as a colorist. Yeah. I teach color. Um, I'm brand ambassador for Joico as a colorist. And it's also kind of my specialty. It's my favorite thing to do. Right. But, you know, I feel like with a good color also comes with a good cut. Everything kind of comes together. So it's important to kind of know it all. Even if you don't do it all, I think it's important as an artist to, to be able to understand have it. full knowledge of it all. Yeah. So... Get back to your to your to your dad. I mean, now he he must look at you like, wow, was I wrong? Yeah, it's funny because he was he. The number one thing it was actually a blog. I'm gonna just 
tag that in. Um, <laughs> I have a blog here by LarissaLove.com. And my first blog was, it's, it's just a hobby, it's not a career. And that's what my dad would say to me all the time. And that is actually what pushed me to become the artist that I am today um, because he would always say that. And so I wanted to prove him wrong. And, and boy, did you. Boy, did I prove him yeah. wrong. And now it's funny because he looks back and he's like, you know, Maybe I should have become a hairdresser. I'm like, it's a little too late for you, Dad. It's a little too late for you. But, you know, now you can see that it's not only is it an amazing, uh, not a career, but it's an amazing career where you can make great mm-hmm. money doing what you love. And that is mm-hmm. so, so important. That's the good old never judge a book by its cover. Exactly. A, I mean, that happens so much. Energy. I mean, we, we, we have a friend um, who... Uh, his dad pushed him to be in the military, and he's like, I don't want to go to the military, I want to do hair. And then um, he tells a funny story um, where his dad did his taxes, and it was like, son, you made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, at the end of the year. You know. Yeah, exactly. we did an interview, uh, very similar story as yours, uh, where he got ousted by the by the by a church and yeah. uh, uh, Daniel Mason Jones. Wow! And, uh, and now he's he's doing one point one million dollars uh, every year behind the chair. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, it, it's amazing how how our industry has so many stories like this where uh, when people are challenged, they step up to the challenge and prove everybody wrong. It just pushes you even more, you yeah. know, to prove them wrong. And also, and it also goes to prove that um, this industry will give you whatever you're asking for. You just got to do the work. Absolutely, you right? really got to uh, grind and hustle, and you will lose sleep and you will not <laughs> eat, and you know, you really got to just. Well, Sacrifice in right? a sense, yeah, exactly. I mean, I like top ramen, so it's fine. But <laughs> it's not really good for you, but you really have to sacrifice to in order for you to get where you really want to be. You know, nothing comes on a silver platter. At least for me, it didn't. For many other people, it doesn't. And so you really kind of have to step up to the plate and just go for it. I think that's a like Ukrainian work ethic or something. Right? <laughs> it could be. I don't know. So were you born in the Ukraine? I was. I was born in Kiev in the uh-huh. Ukraine. And yeah, it's amazing because we won the visa lottery. And I remember my dad coming home and like, yeah, we're going We're we're going to go live in America. And I started crying because I'm like, I want to stay here. I How old were you? I was six. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah. Right, right. Well, you had so, friends. You had, are you yeah. dual citizenship? Right. Yeah. No, no, no. We no. had to lose our citizenship. And it's crazy because they don't they don't give those uh, uh, those away anymore. So you can't really win a visa lottery anymore. So we got really blessed. That's that's all. amazing. Um, yeah. I, um, I kind of want to I, I want to talk about that a little bit. So what um, was it hard for your parents when they first got here? Yeah, honestly, I don't even know how they did it because they moved here with four small kids. The youngest was 12. Or 11. And no, no, the, the oldest was 11. I mean, 12. No, no, I'm sorry. The oldest was 12 or 11. Right. I was six and it was four small kids and they didn't know the language, didn't have a job. Um, they knew, I think, one person and then we kind of lived with them for a year and they slowly kind of picked things up. My mom went and uh, got a career. My dad's a pastor, so that's his career. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, so slowly but surely they, they made it through, but looking back you know at age i don't know 38 moving here i don't i'm moving to a different country with four small kids i don't know how they did it but how do you even pick up a job as a pastor like coming in from another country like you know it's not you don't speak the language well actually no he has a russian church oh well that makes sense yeah (laughs) (laughs) and they're in la here no, they live uh like rancho cucamonga area which is about an hour and a half away from here oh okay yeah 
So are you, are you guys close now? or did, did Not you? necessarily. The, um, me and my mom, we talk every day. Me and my dad are not really close because he's very stubborn. And um, he still won't really admit like that I made the right choice, mm-hmm. you know, in a sense. Um, because I, I didn't follow what he told me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and also he's very religious and I'm not. And uh, everything is a sin. And he's a Pentecostal, like, traditional Russian pastor. So his church, you wear like long dresses. And I mean, that is how religious he is. So if he sees me with a tattoo, he thinks I'm going to hell basically. So, so uh, we're not very close on that fact, but me and my siblings, my brothers and my uh, sister were close, but they all live in Colorado. I don't know why they moved there. (laughs) I'm some kind of the black sheep of the family living in LA on my own. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious, like with the name, with a great name, like Larissa Love, how did you, why why did you pick up Larissa Dahl as your, um, because someone had my Instagram name. GTFO. And honestly, I can actually sue them because my name is trademarked, but that's just so much work to do. Was it trademarked before then? No, it wasn't. So how you can't sue them now, right? Yeah, I can because it's my it's my name, so I can take it actually from them if I wanted right. to. But the that's problem, just, the problem is, is that love is such a general word. Yeah, you know, like it's kind of hard yeah. to. Uh, and people still know me as Larissa Doll. You know, they're like some random you know fans or f- people that know me. They're like, oh, Larissa Doll. So I'm known as both Larissa Love and Larissa Doll. So yeah, we had that same conversation with Olivia. Yeah, I say exactly. Did, did you hear the story? <laughs> yeah, with Olivia. Uh-huh. No, Which so well, so we're saying we're in Orlando, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> this is funny. Yeah. So it's Monday morning. You know, Monday mornings at, uh-huh. at, at these conventions, like you're just spent by Monday morning because yes, you know, you've I been do. up all night, and you know, yeah. And we were we we had a late call time, or we were late for a call time, and uh, Olivia was late for. A call time, so we kind of pass in one of the back halls, and she's like, "Oh my god, you're the podcast guys!" And I go, "Oh, because we had been talking." I go, "Let me introduce you to the team." And in that moment, I realized I had no idea what her name was, and I (laughs) felt like such an OMG, right? Yeah, Yeah. artistry. I was so I was like. I can't introduce her as OMG artistry, man. I mean, why not? You well, know? I mean, yeah, but people introduce like, me as my Instagram name. Right. That's okay. That's yeah. kind of like yeah, what but Larissa Doll is a little bit different than this is OMG artistry, yeah. you know. <laughs> but Olivia picked it up. She well, put her hand. She out. She didn't know like, your name. Podcast guys. Yeah, right? she, yeah, that was it. And then when we told her that story, she goes, "Well, that's why I called you the podcast guys because I had no <laughs> idea what your name exactly. was." Exactly. Same. Take for tag. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That's pretty crazy. So, um, so you've had some uh, pretty good. Good, uh, like brand affiliations too, because um, you were with Cosmo for a while too, right? Yeah, I was their first and only brand ambassador. Um, this was three years ago, mm-hmm. and I had a really good run with them. Um, but I kind of did everything that I could help them out with, and they mm-hmm. helped. They could did everything they could help me out with. Uh, because of them, I had uh, they created an amazing platform from for me, which I'm so thankful for. I never wanted to educate. Actually, that's always Get out of here, that's really? always that came out of my mouth so many times. I always said I don't ever want to educate because all my techniques are self-taught. Because going back to, I never went to a good beauty school and I never had a mentor, and so all my techniques are self-taught. And so I'm like, I don't want to give out my secrets and my tips. You're one that. of those hairdressers. I was in the beginning. Right. This was let's. This <laughs> You're was like such six a dick, years man. ago. I know. Yeah, I am. Come on. But at least I'm admitting it. You know. Right. And then because of Cosmopov. Um, once I became their brand ambassador, they just kind of threw me on stage and I didn't really have a choice but to educate. But the minute I started educating, I fell in love with it because even teaching the most simplest techniques was not so simple to other people. And just, I, I love like the eyes opening up. So like 
wow, this is amazing. Right. And I was like, wow, this is actually very simple technique, but others don't really take it in that simple. And I just love the fact that I could educate and help other stylists. And what do I have to lose? You know, at the end of the day, it's not competition. I think we should all help each other out and build each other up. Oh, you now know? you've come around. I definitely came around. <laughs> um, but it was really just like a 360 mind change the first time I ever started teaching. And then they threw me on uh, the main stage, which was like in front of thousands of people or a thousand right. people. And uh, yeah, I never thought I would be doing that, but it was the greatest thing ever. And it was just very mind, mind blown and like uh, such an honor and humbling space for me to be able to be one of the first people to be able to educate on such a large platform mm -hmm. and be the first brand ambassador. And so I'm really thankful for that opportunity to be able to work for them. And because of them, I was introduced to many brands. I worked with Wella and, um, you know, to so many brands. That right. I, I came, I don't even remember. All Canada, Cosmoprof like, brands. All Cosmoprof <laughs> brands. But actually, no, even before Cosmoprof, mm -hmm. I was working with a few other brands that were part of, um, not part of Cosmoprof, but that's because of social media. Right. And then once I became a Cosmoprof, it was all Cosmoprof brands. And then that, that's when I got introduced to Joico. And uh, Joico asked me to become their brand ambassador. And again, you know, it's time for me to, to do a change. There was now a Cosmoprof artistic team. And I wanted more eyes to be shine on the team. And I, I felt like it was the perfect time for me to leave. And Joyco wanted me as a brand ambassador. And I, again, I was the first one, which is such an honor. That's so crazy. And I signed with them in April and it has been nothing but just amazing opportunities with them and so many travels and I've done so many amazing shoots with them. And yeah, it's just, it's been a great whirlwind for sure. So that's amazing. And I would say to anybody, and even outside of hair, you know, when you do something for somebody else, for others, you know what I mean? It it is affection. It it just it's contagious, right? I mean, the way you Domi Dom 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 Dominic Domino Domino effect. I'm yeah, like Domino. <laughs> right. You know, something happens to you where you want to continually to do it, right? You, you, just by giving back or doing something for somebody else, it's just you know making a, a difference in somebody's lives is just so special. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and that's what bit you. You know, it bites us all. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely does. Well, that's I mean, why we're all here. Supporting yeah. each other. Right. I mean, literally, so while we're here, right? Yeah. If you haven't done anything for anybody, go out <laughs> yeah. and do something Go for do it. Yeah, that's right. I am a firm believer in karma. That's right. <laughs> Good yeah. karma, bad karma. Yeah. No doubt. Um, I, I'm blown. I mean, just kind of, you know, talking to your journey. I, I mean, I just kind of think how, like, how fortunate your assistants are because um, there's no way that you can work for Larissa and not learn work ethic because girl works. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and, and just that you're giving, you know, you, you, you're also paying forward that we give back, right? And you're also paying forward that this is the way we work. And you're also paying forward this is how we, make, how we can make money. Um, I mean, I, I just, I, that's a life, those lives that you have there, I mean, you're changing them forever. Yeah, I mean. And you're I, teaching them how to do this game. I think that's extremely important. You know, when people come into your life, you want to be able to help them out as much as possible. Um, and if you don't, then why are you allowing them to work for you? And why are they even around and surrounded by you? Because mm -hmm. if you inspire them, they're going to want to work harder and better for you. And then they're right. going to want to work better for themselves in the long run as well. So again, it's like a spiral effect. How often are you going through assistance? Um, it or depends. graduating them or what, how, whatever those words are? It just really depends on how fast they pick up techniques. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had, a, I've had assistants that worked a year for me and then I've had assistants that worked six months for me. Mm-hmm. And then this last assistant, um, she's working two years for me and not because she's not great, but because I really want her to be like the best of the best. Um, and this was before I owned a salon. And now that I own a salon and she was my first assistant in the salon, I want her to, when she's on my floor in the salon, she's going to have a great name because of me. You know, right. she, she's basically going to be Larissa Love protege mm-hmm. and do the same exact work as me. You know, where before, once my sisters were, go- were done, they would just go off on their own. Where this now, she's part of my team. She's part of my salon. And so I'm like extra careful and, and pushing them extra hard to really be the best that she can be. If I was her assistant, I would try. I'll do it in slow mo too. <laughs> I would do. You know? I oh, she's been to ten countries. Yeah, she's like, yeah. I can get another ten out of this, man. Well, actually, no. to be honest, and that is another thing too. You know, she was like, you know, I love assisting you. I love being able to travel with mm-hmm. you. I have no like. I'm not in a rush to go behind the chair because she's still behind the chair. She's still doing my client's hair in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so we both decided that would be great for her to work for me for another year because it's beneficial to both of us. So when that year is up, like, uh, what's your uh, what's your criteria for hiring the next one? You know, actually, I prefer someone that's fresh out of beauty school um, because but there's I don't lots of people that are fresh out of beauty school. I mean, how do you how do you how do you vet? Yeah. So that it's a low risk of love assistant. Well, for me, it's not about how skillful you are at all. It's really about us kind of connecting because you're going to be around me probably the most than I'm around any other person. So we have to have that immediate connection right away you know and also i can feel your energy if you're a good person if you're sincere um and so that is the most important to me it's not about how you look or how you dress or where you come from or your skin color what language you speak i mean obviously i have to speak english (laughs) but it's really what about gender um, I doesn't really matter to me. No. You know, it's funny actually. I had all male assistants until my last two girl assistants, but before that they're all male. And it's because I have a very strong personality, I think that stems from my Ukrainian roots. And some women just you, can't <laughs> Ukrainian Pentecostal <laughs> roots. <laughs> yeah. And I don't I feel like some women are just uh, a little too uh um, they just can't handle me because I'm a little too kind of like straightforward mm-hmm. and their feelings get hurt and we're emotional people, you know? And so my last girl assistant didn't last. Uh, she lasted two months with me and yeah. I understood. I understood why she wanted to leave and that's totally okay with me because right. if you don't want to be with me, I don't want to have you anyways. Um, and if you can't take my work ethic and how I, I work, then you won't be able to really last in this industry Mm -hmm. because this industry is kind of cold-hearted sometimes especially when it comes to clientele your clients will not be shy when they tell you that they don't like their hair or something about it so you know and so as simple as that but so what i really look for is that connection as an assistant and do you kind of give them the warning like listen i'm a hard ass oh absolutely i let Mm -hmm. them know everything in advance um and my assistants they uh train my new assistants and they let them know how I am, my personality, how I like things done to the, like literally to the T, how I like my foils even folded, Mm -hmm. you know, simple as that. Um, and if they can't handle it, that's fine. I have many people that want to work for me, so it's, it's okay. You know, and they can go to someone else that will be a little bit more softer. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's more of their personality and that's okay. Cause I'm a hard ass and I need assistants and stylists in my salon that are hard asses as well and that really have that strong personality. Sometimes that, that makes some of the best hairdressers like Trevor Sorby when, when we interviewed him. Uh, you had to go through this, oh my goodness, this, this process where most people, you know, he said, 
what, one out of every ten can make it through. They, they would just break, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, and it just you just couldn't do it. So it sounds like, you know, when that one person can click with you and make it, they're, they're going to be pretty badass. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And my assistant is a badass, and she... Um, she, uh, um, world breaker. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely know that she's going to be a great stylist once she graduates, just from just her worth ethic already. Well get, the, well, get this, man. I mean, if you think about it over a career, like, as tough as Larissa can be or is, and I don't know. I'm just going by your words, right? <laughs> I mean, you might be an angel and you just wanted to look like a <laughs> badass. I don't know, you know? But regardless of any of that, if you endure... Um, I mean, Larissa is literally giving you a million dollar career. Yeah. Right. Like, like what would, you know, the, what wouldn't you do for a million dollars or what wouldn't you do? And let's be honest, by the time they're in with their career, it could be a multi-million dollar mm-hmm. career. Exactly. You know, I mean, even if you're not Larissa Love, but I mean, that's, that's kind of when, when you say I quit or I give up then I mean, th- that's kind of it. And not that it should be about money either, you know, but. But I mean, there's just so much opportunity that Larissa, um, that Larissa could bring to you. She's giving, she's giving everything to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I try. Exactly. Yeah. When, when we um, when we interviewed Daniel Mason Jones, um, uh, Daniel does uh, I think 1.1 million, but but behind the chair each year, um, and he has four assistants, and, and and he says, you know, the 1.1, what I've done is I've taught four other people how to do one million dollars behind the chair, um, and you know that's such a small, you know, percentage of of of, of revenue and. Um, and that's what he take, you know, he's most proud of is that he's creating careers for these mm-hmm. people. And um, when you were saying that, I, uh, Daniel kind of popped in my mind. And I was like, you know what, Larissa's doing that as well. Yeah. You know, that's pretty cool. And you can use her brand contacts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That is very true. <laughs> you know, like if your assistant's killing it at Joyco, why wouldn't Joyco be like. Actually, hey. Joyco works with her all the time now. So uh, they take Like her aside all- from you? Uh, yeah, so if they need an assistant for mm-hmm. the one of their shoots or something, and if I'm not even working it, they will go and hire her. And they pay her more in the day rate than I do. So there you go. There you go. Bam. Bam. Do they pay more of a day rate than they pay you? Definitely not. Let's <laughs> not get silly. Let's not get silly, boy. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Then there will be some changes. <laughs> <laughs> Larissa, you're assisting her today. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool, right? That's awesome. All right, so what's what's next for Larissa, man? Oh, man. I mean, there's things that I can't really talk about yet. Um, but there's going to be a lot of amazing things happening with Joico uh, happening next year that you guys will be able to see. It's going to be in every cost prop store. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, Also, I'm coming out with my second apron line next month. Um, Your apron line? My last apron line uh, sold out in eight minutes, which was insane. I think I want a favor. (laughs) All fair, I'm going to ask you for something. You want one? I I want one, but what I want to (laughs) do is that I want to have it for like six months or so. And I want to have everybody that we interview live kind of like autograph it. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. And then what I'll do, including Larissa Love. And then what I want to do is um, and then we'll do I mean, not an auction necessarily, yeah. but um, but I think I want to like kind of like do a, uh, like an Instagram, like when Larissa loves. That's uh, a great idea. With a bunch of, you know, and then we'll have like we had it like we're interviewing Philip Wolf tomorrow. So I'd yeah. get Philip to sign it yeah. and I'd get all these people to sign him. it. And and then we'll just uh, we'll kind of give it to uh a person that I, I don't know, we have to come up with some criteria for what yeah. the rules are, but um, that's actually an amazing idea. I love that. So, where can people find it when, you, when you're when you ready to launch it? So, it's going to be on my salon page, larissalovesalon.com. 
Um, and it's new designs, four new designs. It's black and blue denim um, because I feel like there's not many great aprons out there for a stylist. And we're so mm-hmm. edgy and cool. And then we put on this plasticky apron, like, mm-hmm. you know. And so I thought it was a great idea to come up with something new and different. And so my last one sold out way quicker than I expected to. And it was kind of a test run. So this time I'm making like quadruple more, (laughs) Um, but totally different designs and everything. And yeah, there's coming out in the middle of next month. So perfect for like Christmas time, the holidays. Yeah. And then I'm going to be launching a new design every season for four seasons every year. This is how I see it. I see it. You know, like when you get all those people on Black Fridays in line, right, (laughs) to go to their first or Southwest. You know, everybody's ready for, uh, you're going to check it in 24 hours. Oh, man, I'm going to see. That's what it's going to be like. Everybody's going to be in line waiting for it. Bye. Oh, sold out. That is really what happened with my uh, my last apron launch was, People were waiting. I told them exact time day that it was going to launch, mm-hmm. and they're waiting on their phones to purchase it, and it sold out so quick that did you like the Rolling Stones? Tickets, man, and Ticketmaster line. I mean, but you have you have to do something different and cool, and you know, kind of put it out there. And also, I'm kind of it's I'm kind of doing what like Kylie Jenner is doing in a sense, uh, where you put out a certain amount. So it, once it's sold, it's sold, and people want it it's even like more. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, so that's why I'm coming out with new collections uh, every season. That way, it's you know the demand is always wanting. How to many be collections there. are in your head right now? I'm just really focusing on my next collection. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just finished this collection, and once we launch this one next month, I'm going to start on the next collection because. So you only have one collection at a time in the head. Yes, yeah, exactly. Word, because, word up. Because you never know what will work and what won't. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people might like something more than others, and I'll just kind of like distress a little bit or you know change a few things about it and still kind of have the same type of design and that will sell because people I will know that people love that certain design mm-hmm. um, or I'll go completely drastic or different colors all that so you just you never know and I really I have so much on my plate that I can't really think about anything uh, else besides like the next collection I can't even the fathom of thinking four new collections for four seasons <laughs> so, give us, one tra- so, so give us like what are the release dates going to be so are, are like you don't a collection in January and then you doing one in may or something so yeah so no actually no so the next one is going to be in march mm-hmm. and then it's three months after each, each so three month. months yeah. and then after that you're consistent yes yeah that's pretty cool yeah that's pretty i'm, I'm that's excited awesome. to kind of see what happens i mean because you know uh like she was saying i mean you know the the wraps look like the wraps you know no matter how long you've had you know we so need we need cool really them cool get, client wraps is what but when we, we give away the uh auction up not really auction but give away the uh, apron it's, it's a collector because nobody else, and not only because of all the signatures, but there's only so many of those, right? Exactly. I'm thinking like, I'm going to like spitball this a little bit. Maybe we do the signatures on the inside so they can actually wear them. Yeah, that's probably a great idea. But some people would actually probably want them on the outside. Who knows? Maybe we could uh, do two. One on the inside, one on the outside. And right. we could do two giveaways. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I'm kind of yeah, loving it a little for bit. For two different designs. I dig that, so, man. Yeah, it's not a bad so how idea. many units per design are you going to do? Um, 500 a unit, and I have four units. So, be two, so it'll be 2,000 yeah. per, per quarter. Yeah. That's pretty badass. Yeah. That's tight. That is cool. That's yeah, crazy. and they're going to be sold for 200 each. Uh, one design actually 150, the other design 200. 
So one design is a little bit more expensive to make because it has all the bells and whistles. The other one's a little bit more <laughs> What's simple. What's a bell and whistle for a wrap, man? <laughs> yeah. And then the other design is a little bit more simple. So just we'll go for, you know, the more simpler stylus or a little bit more like edgier stylus. Mm-hmm. So they can pick and choose. You know what I see in a year? I see Larissa having one. And it's just going to be like, I don't know, something diamond encrusted or something that's going to sell for like two grand for <laughs> one. I mean, I, I think... <laughs> I see that. Add some spikes to it. <laughs> it'll come and with a. It'll come with a hat. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Matching hat. Signed, Larissa it. Love. <laughs> awesome. Or maybe that's what we could auction off. A Larissa Love hat. <laughs> I don't know. They're pretty expensive. <laughs> they're thousand dollars each, so <laughs> they're custom made. So actually, no one will be able to even wear that hat because it's custom made for my head only. For your head. Mm-hmm. Who makes that? Let's give him a shout out. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's give him a shout out because he's an amazing hat maker. He's also self-taught, which Word. I have so much respect for that. His Instagram handle is The Wise Hatter. <laughs> and that. his name is Brandon. And he's out here in Venice, actually. And it's amazing. You can come to his salon or his studio mm-hmm. and he'll measure your head, make a block of it. And then whenever you want a new hat. <laughs> block head. Yeah. <laughs> and then whenever you want a new hat, you just text him. I want this color, this size wide brim, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He'll make it for you. Come and pick it up. So that way you don't have to go back and forth and you know have, have a measure and all that and that's it's customized smart, right? for that's your awful. head which is for amazing that's yeah. pretty cool so then, can, go ahead no no, no go ahead yeah. i mean I, we can stay all night but <laughs> so when they do the custom hat do they uh are they different like like do 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 different ones of your hats mm-hmm. fit on different like part of your head and stuff or they all no, kind of hit you the same area i mean yeah no they all hit the same area but some uh, wide brim i mean some brims are a little bit more wider a little right. bit shorter the top is a little bit different the uh, the hand, a tight the brand hat. is a little, you know, yeah. So the band is a little bit different. So, and it's awesome too because inside he writes handmade oh. by Brandon Wise, handmade for Larissa Love. So it's completely customized for me. So that that's no definitely selling for it. two grand on Instagram <laughs> on, uh, on on eBay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you sign it yourself. Yeah, and I have I have like I think twenty hats I think oh, now, exactly. and they're all in different colors and. I think I have a hat addiction because <laughs> I, I, I love wear, wearing hats. I think it's also like my thing. It's been my look for many, many years. I mean, now. it's kind of your brand now. Yeah, right? exactly. I, mean, I, feel, I feel like people look for the hat when they try and, you know. I'll tell you me. today when I was sitting behind you today yeah. at the at the summit um, and they announced that uh, you were there. I was like, where, 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 where? And then oh, I'm there's like, oh, the there's the hat. Yeah, well, the <laughs> problem is a lot of people wearing wide room hats now, so not just a not just a love brand anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so where can our listeners? find you um and everything else you're doing okay so you can find me i mean on my instagram handle Clearly. which is larissa doll l-a-r-i-s-a-d-o-l-l um uh, my salon page larissa love salon um and then my website larissa love salon.com which is where all my aprons gonna sell and you can also read about all of my artists as well and my salon background and then uh, my blog which is hair by that's a lot there. I see a lot of stuff going on. There. And I also have That's a YouTube cool. channel that I'm going to be coming out with next year and a podcast. So stay tuned for that. For a podcast? Yeah, because I travel so much, you know, and I, I see so many amazing hairdressers and I really want to get to know their story, just kind of like what you guys are asking me. And because I have the opportunity to be all around the world and I have so many, uh, many amazing artists out there, I think it's really great to be able to um, interview people and kind of see their story because... Mm-hmm. 
I want it just is only going to inspire others to kind of go for what they really want. And so I think it's really great what you guys are doing too. Thanks, awesome. Yeah, there's so many people that can relate to your story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Know? So go it's ahead. possible. Yeah. Every, anything is possible. I mean, I'm, I'm happy she's doing a podcast. I think we all should be doing podcasts. Yeah. You know, like I think you know, no, no matter how many of us are, are out there, there's still uh, we still can't reach everybody. No, we can't. Yeah, no. So that's pretty cool. Um, so we uh. Who's on your like um, hairdresser Mount Rushmore? Like, who are the four people, either living or before you or whoever, that like those are the four people that you're like, I go to those guys, or that inspire you the most, or they could be dead. They, could, I mean, most people start with Vidal Sassoon. Of just course, give you that, right? I mean, how can you not? He is literally like the hair icon. Mm-hmm. Um, when we uh, when we interviewed Trevor, um, when we interviewed Trevor Sorby, Trevor said about Vidal Sassoon. She, um, he goes every every single hairdresser working today. Is, has been inspired by Vidal Sassoon because if you've ever blown dried a hair, that's Vidal Sassoon because yeah. prior to that it was your sets, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so removing Vidal Sassoon, who are you for? Um, she was a hairdresser and now she has she helps others out, which you might know, Nina Passion Squared. I love Nina. She's mm-hmm. amazing. She's actually, if I had to ch- like say who's my mentor, she's my mentor now. If I have a problem with anything in the industry or just in general, I go to her and she is always there for me. So she's amazing. I love her. Um, I'm really inspired by Jacob Kahn, if you guys yeah. know who Jacob. Yeah. Um, he's amazing and he's part of the artistic team too and we've been he's friends. He's popped up on Olivia's uh, feed a little bit uh, this month, yeah? I think. Yeah. yeah, no, he's great and I love his story. Um, who else? I mean, OMG Artistry for sure. She's she's just my girl. Like, how can you not love her? Um, and I mean, this might sound cliche, but Guy Tang is amazing too. And I, he's mm-hmm. one of the first people that really utilized Instagram as well. And that's why him and I became really good friends because people really knew who Guy Tang and I was in the beginning mm-hmm. of like the hair in his, or beginning of of Instagram. And I give him so much credit for. Um, being who he really is and he has he's not shy about showing it and um, he has his own line now too which is insanely amazing which is you know uh, didn't he actually have a line with a couple different color companies he did he was with Kenra and then uh, maybe Pravana Pravana as well and now he has my identity his own line and he's a a sister company to Hinkle which is you know with Joyco Mm, Um, and he tours and travels the world and whenever I see him he I'm like I don't know how you do it because you're married you know and so you might must never see your husband as much you know and he's like yeah we don't he's like but you know at the end of the day like he understands that my work is my there, work there he, is you no met work me this way him, yeah right and i just respect his work work ethic a lot so he inspires me a lot boom i love right. that man you know um in russian mm-hmm. i love your day off podcast day off podcast Love it. <laughs> All right, let's close it. Miss Larissa Love. Finally, we meet up. Yes, finally. The day, the, day, the day has come. The day has come. Thank you so, so much for joining us on your day off. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. 
<laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. Oh, oh, oh.